California's teachers are leaving their union. It is estimated that over 15% have left their union in recent years, and this year alone, 4,000 more will leave. The unions have lost their way. Teachers are seeing that their values aren't being represented by the unions anymore. California Teacher Union has become one of the most influential special interests in California's politics. Because these teachers unions are now involved in all of these different just political agendas and, and literally pushing the parents out, undermining the parents, our children are in crisis. Is the union's deep influence in California's politics helping the teachers? You know, you have to walk on eggshells all the time. Most of the teachers I know have or are close to having PTSD. My guest today is Rebecca Friedrichs, former teacher and local union leader. Her lawsuit versus California's Teachers Union in 2016 went to the Supreme Court and eventually led to the end of forced union contribution from non-union members. Teachers are really caught in the middle and they're deeply worried about their students. They're frustrated that their profession is being used um, to promote politics. They just want to teach. Why are the teachers leaving the union? How does the union play a part in California's politics? Let's find out in today's episode. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. We want to talk to you about California teacher unions. There has been a report that they've been losing members. It's about they've lost almost 10% of their members and they're about to lose 4,000 more this year. And the mission of the union is to advocate for teachers and public education. Can you tell us why this is happening? Why are teachers leaving this organization that's supposed to advocate for them? Well, the unions have lost their way. So they have a mission, but they're not staying on, they're not staying in their lane. So um, teachers are seeing that they're not being represented. Their, their, their values aren't being represented by the unions anymore. And that's why they're walking away. What are uh, they doing that is not representing these values? Well, um, teachers, professional teachers, want to teach the children. They want to teach them well. They want to teach them truth. Uh, they want to protect them from any kind of harm. And unfortunately, the teachers' unions have gotten involved in all kinds of political um, uh, agendas, really, um, they're involved in this, all of this critical race theory, and they're involved in the whole um, transgender um, telling teachers, you know, you can't call them boys and girls anymore. You know, maybe they're all transgenders, and, and really putting teachers in a very uncomfortable position where they're told, you know, they, they have to, um, if a child wants to use a different pronoun, a child wants to change their gender, the teacher is told, you have to do that with the child behind the parent's back. You can't tell the parents that the child's transitioning. Um, every great professional teacher I know works hand in hand with parents and wants to do what's right and respectful to the parents. Um, great teachers are people of integrity and they want to protect the children, they want to protect the family. Um, I, I, there's something I call the education triangle and in that triangle is the child at the top and then the other two angles are the parent and the teacher. And if we work together in the education triangle, the child's going to learn well, the child's going to be healthy, the child's not going to be suicidal or all these other problems, 
But because these teachers unions are now involved in all of these different um, uh, just political agendas and, and literally pushing the parents out, undermining the parents, our children are in crisis. And so teachers are really caught in the middle and they're um, deeply worried about their students. They're, um, they're frustrated that their profession is being used um, to promote politics. They just want to teach. In 2018, the California's Teacher Association reported having 325,000 members. Four years later, in 2022, the number is now 290,000. That's a loss of about 35,000 members. But the loss might be even bigger. According to a recent report, the union's latest budget indicates that the number of membership is below 270,000 members. And there is 4,000 more members that could be leaving this year. Can you explain how does it work? How do the unions get involved with these political movements like critical race theory and, and the transgender movement you mentioned? Well, um, it certainly is not because teachers ask them to do that. Teachers are not saying, please go get involved in these movements. Um, the unions just, like I said earlier, they've, they've lost their way. Um, they, they told us that their main focus was representing teachers and, and in that, doing what was right for children. And somehow they've gotten off of that. I, I'm not sure how. Um, I just know that they're off, they're off mark. Um, when I was still teaching, I actually stepped up and served as a teacher union representative. I served as the secretary in my local union for three years, and I would go to state level meetings. And I remember sitting around the table with the teachers in my school district who were, who were union leaders. They were all wonderful people. They wanted to do what was right for the children. And so we would talk about the problems we were having, um, like discipline problems growing and this sexualized agenda and all these things. Where is this coming from? And so then I started going to these state level meetings and I found out this is where it's coming from. It's coming from these state level and national level unions. And so um, I'm not sure why they got off course, but at this point, teachers like myself who get in there and try to make a difference, um, we're not able to make a difference. They bully us, they shout us down. If we dare question, hey, you know, I'm really uncomfortable. Well, I'll tell you a story. I was at a California Teachers Association annual um, leadership meeting, and this was during the Obama administration, so I don't know if it was 2009 or but they, around that time, and I was union rep. And I'm in this large room, there's about 300 teachers in the room, and the union leaders are up on the stage and they're from the NEA and the California Teachers Association. And a, a teacher in the room, it was Q&A, we were supposed to be able to ask questions. Uh, the unions say that they are a, the largest democratic deliberative body, and so we should be able to have a conversation. And so this teacher raised her hand and she said, as a representative of the teachers in my district, I've been asked to ask you, why is so much of our money being spent on politics? We don't want our money spent that way. We, how can we get a voice? And the union leaders on the stage immediately um, bullied her. They just, the way they stood, there were other bullies in the room that came around this woman and just kind of stared her down. And um, I can't remember the words they said, but I remember the reaction. All 300 of us were dead silent dead silent and beaten down, kind of like, 
everyone was afraid, afraid to say anything. I confess I didn't get up and go rescue that teacher who was being, I mean, she literally withered in her chair. They bullied her so completely. And all she did was ask why. Why is my money being spent on politics? Um, and so each one of us that's tried to ask that question, really in an honest manner, where, you know, look, I don't agree with um, this sexualizing of the children, say. I want to I wanna have a conversation about that. We're never allowed to have a conversation about it. We're always just um, squashed. Uh, one of my friends tried to speak up about that at an NEA meeting as a, as a representative. And their response to her was barring her from being on any of the committees that had anything to do with the sex ed. So um, for whatever reason, when teachers speak out, we're silenced, we're shot down. Um, there really isn't a democracy. There's, there's, there's not a conversation. And how does it work? So you guys pay, the union members pay a union fee. Can you explain how it works and where does this money come from and where does it go when you say political? Yes. Well, in the past, all teachers were required to pay union dues as a condition of employment. I bring that up because most teachers think they still have to pay union dues as a condition of employment. But many of us thought it was unconstitutional to force people to pay a private organization as a condition of employment in a government job. So there were a couple lawsuits and um, there was eventually a win. And so now nobody is forced to pay the unions, the government unions any longer. So I, I just want people to know that they're not forced anymore. So now that they're not forced, um, most people still pay, and the biggest reason is because they don't know they've been freed from that forced arrangement. Um, so, so it's important to help people to understand, you have a choice. Do you, do you want to support this? Great. If you don't, you don't have to. So the way it works, unfortunately, is um, union dues are collected via automatic paycheck deductions. So the taxpayer is collecting excuse me, the taxpayer is funding the collection of dues. So the teacher is, is just... The teacher never has to write a check. The teacher never has to give a credit card number. It comes immediately comes out of their... Out of the paycheck. So, so the payroll department at the school district is making that happen. And so the money comes right out and it, the school districts hand it directly to the teachers' unions. Um, the unions don't pay any taxes on this money. It's tax-free. Uh, and some people are able to write, a, I don't know if this is true right now, but over the years, there were some years where you could write off your dues as a deduction on your taxes. I think they're changing that to make it possible this year. Yes, uh, yes, they're actually trying to make it so that people can, you know, like- Do it as a tax write The, the yeah. entire part, yeah, it's yeah. really something. Um, so anyhow, teachers like myself, we never see where the money goes. It just goes out of your paycheck, and then the union uh, leadership is, in charge of where that money goes. Now, over the years, a lot of teachers like myself have tried to find, you know, we want to see where exactly is every penny going. The only way we were ever permitted to see that information is if we went to, it's a very complex issue, but you'd have to go to the main headquarters um, for the California Teachers Association, which is in Burlingame, California, long way from my house. And um, at the time, they would let you go in and they would have stacks, literally stacks of paperwork loaded with, you know, financial documents. And you'd get 
you know, couple hours to look at it. You couldn't make photocopies. You couldn't take any of it home. And, you know, you could ask a couple questions. I had friends that did it. They were bullied during the process of asking questions. And this was the only way we were able to see any evidence of where so the money was So some of going. that money is supposed to cover some insurance and benefits for, for the teachers? Is that how it's supposed to be? Uh, well, some of that money is supposed to cover liability insurance for teachers, yes. Uh, that's a very small amount. Last time I looked into it, I don't know the numbers today, but last time I researched that, it was $3 a teacher that they were spending on the liability coverage. Most teachers are p paying between $1,000 and $1,200 a wow. year. So that's a very minute part that's going to liability. But I'm glad you bring that up because the reason most teachers are afraid to leave the union even if they disagree with the way they're being treated or where the money's um, being spent is because they're afraid that they'll be sued and they want that liability insurance that the unions provide. But there are um, um, private organizations that sell that insurance. It's actually better coverage, double the coverage and a lot cheaper. So teachers can get that. In 2022, CTA has budgeted more than $40 million for political contributions. This includes donations to candidates for state and legislative offices, local school boards, and district elections, support and oppose certain ballot measure campaigns, as well as funds for advertising and lobbying. Now, this money that the unions spend on politicians or politics are they doing that? Because sometimes they can go and negotiate, which is a very strange thing. They can go and negotiate with them on the pay raise. How much mm -hmm. of the political activities that the unions are doing is to raise the pay for the teachers? And how much of it is these other political? Yeah, that's really hard because we're never able to look at the books. So as a teacher, I've, I've never, I taught 28 years, my husband taught 42. We were never able to look at the books and see exactly where all the money goes. So I can't give you an exact answer, but I can tell you that um, when I was part of one of the lawsuits that went up to the Supreme Court and we argued uh, to the justices that all of the money that a government union spends is political because if you're spending money to put someone in office and then you're sitting across the table from the very person you put in office and you're negotiating with that person and they know, hey, they can get up to the next level if they do what you want. Um, it's just, it's, it's not a, a pure, um, it's not a, a system of integrity, right? There's a lot of, of opportunity for corruption there. So we argued that even collective bargaining is political spending, and the Supreme Court agreed with us um, that it's all political spending. Now, what about the average teachers? From what we heard, a lot of times the unions wanted to shut down the schools during the pandemic. Do the average teachers, what do they think in this do they not get involved or do they agree with the unions because they get the raises? The average professional teacher out there has been silenced and their voices haven't been heard in a really long time. As far as the masks and the school closures, 100% of the teachers I personally spoke to here in California and around the nation um, told me that they wanted to be in school. They were not afraid. They wanted to see their students' faces. They wanted their students to see their faces because they understand the importance of interpersonal relationships. If you're teaching a child phonics, the child can't learn phonics if you have a mask on your face. Um, I have a friend who's a music teacher. They were telling her that her students had to wear masks. She's teaching them how to play instruments, how to blow into instruments. So every teacher I know 
These are good, solid, professional teachers who are in the business for the right reason. They want to help the children. All of them wanted to be in school. They were not afraid. They understood that this was a very politicized um, illness, the whole COVID-19. They understood they were being used to manipulate. Uh, they understood that parents rely on schools. A lot of them rely on the school to watch their child while they go to work and educate their child. And they understood that they were, um, their profession was being used to actually harm families and to deny children an education. And they were very upset about that. But did they have a voice? Why didn't anybody, it didn't look like there wasn't that much voice from the teachers. We didn't really hear them coming to the media or coming to the public yeah. and bring that up. Why do you think that so is? So I have two answers for that. First of all, thank you for Epic Times. We need to send more teachers your way because <laughs> they're all speaking out. But most of the media won't print what we write, won't listen to us. And then there really is a small number of teachers that speak out because it really is scary to speak out. Teachers are terrified. Um, they've been bullied. They've been told, you know, you better you better walk this line or, or we're going to, you know, take your job away and are the teachers afraid for no reason like you know is this a conspiracy theory or something well every teacher has seen at least one person get chased out of their job who shouldn't have been chased out of their job they've seen injustice they've seen bad teachers keep their job good teachers lose their job they've seen teachers be falsely accused this is huge right now teachers get falsely accused and then they're put on administrative leave and some of the time it's unpaid administrative leave and these innocent teachers who've done nothing wrong accused of what oh all sorts of things i know a teacher right now who's been accused of grabbing a child and throwing him down she never touched him they were out on the playground he tripped and fell but he went you know he went and said that she grabbed him but she didn't she's under investigation so for years and years and years there was trust inside the educational system so the, the principal and the teacher and the parents were all working together and so you didn't have all these kinds of false accusations because we were all working together and we trusted each other but now the system's so corrupted and so uh, full of accusations that these poor teachers uh, most of the teachers I know have or are close to having PTSD from the job um, because discipline's out of control thanks to policies that were that were pushed by teacher unions and um, uh, teachers are constantly being accused and so it, they're just afraid of like making a mistake calling somebody the wrong name or something or, or is it is it race related is it related to critical race theory or is it related to other things yes and more it's critical race theory it's the um, you know, you have to walk on eggshells all the time. It's, you know, if this child is, is a boy, but he wants to be a girl or he wants, there's an unlimited number of genders. And, and if you don't get his pronoun right or her pronoun, or you say he or she, and you're supposed to say they, or it's, 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 it's chaos. And so these poor teachers, they're being thrown all these rules and all these things, and you're supposed to do it all behind the parents' back. And so teachers are just, they're beat up and uh, they don't want to do things behind the parents' back. They don't want to damage the children. They don't agree with this agenda that claims, you know, that it's good to, um, to keep a secret from a parent or something like that. And so Was there a time that you ever felt like you were bullied because you were coming and talking about these unions? 
Yes, I felt bullied multiple times by the unions, but I'll, I'll tell one story. I was, I don't remember how many years I'd been teaching, but I was pretty young. I didn't have any children of my own yet. So maybe I was teaching five or six years. Um, and Cal there were people in California who were trying to pass uh, a school choice type of initiative. I think it was vouchers or something. And every single staff meeting, we had staff meetings once a week, the union would always come in and tell us all that we had to defeat the vouchers. And then they would tell us, these are bad for our schools, all of it, you know, you're going to have to go back to wearing dresses down to your ankles, and this is going to ruin your career, it's going to ruin the public schools. And so I decided to do some research. They made it sound so horrible, but I thought, I want parents to have be able to choose the right school for their children. And I knew there were children. We weren't, we weren't giving them the education they needed. So I thought parents should have choice. And so I went to a debate that was held in a local, a local um, community center. And I listened to both sides of the debate. And afterward, I was still a little unsure. I was leaning toward school choice, but I was still a little unsure. So I get back to work and there's a meeting again. And the union rep comes in and she tells all of us that we have to have to sign up to phone bank to defeat the vouchers. And so she's passing around the sheet and I just passed it on. I didn't sign up. And she stopped and pointed me out, you know, why didn't you sign? And I said, well, I've been researching this and I've been looking at both sides and I really, you know, hadn't decided yet. I'm kind of leaning toward the vouchers. I think parents should have choice. And she, she just looked at me and she said, you're a radical right winger. And I thought, what? She's calling me names because I'm really trying to figure out what's best for the students and maybe for my future children. And right there in that moment, I became pro vouchers. I wanted what was right for the kids because I thought her motives weren't, weren't right. So that's just one of the times. And the sad thing is, after I left the, the room, I mean, everybody was dead silent after she screamed at me like that. People I work, had been working with for years, silent. And they wouldn't look at me. But when we left the room later and we were far away from where that woman was standing, that several of them came up to me. I agree with you, Rebecca. I agree with you. And I said, why didn't you stand up for it? Why didn't you say something? We could have stood as a group. And these teachers said the same thing every teacher says when I ask them, why didn't you stand up with me? They said this. They're scared. So Rebecca, you actually yourself kind of came out and started talking about this. And did you feel afraid when you were dealing with this? Yes, most definitely. So I, through my whole career, I spoke out about these problems on the inside, you know, in, in a staff meeting or with friends in the teacher's lounge. I was always saying, hey, wait, wait, this isn't right. This isn't right. And, and they all agreed with me. It's not right. But they were too afraid to come out and speak with me. So it was in 2012 when I finally decided I needed to start writing editorials. And, you know, I've read a lot of editorials, but I had no idea how to submit one. I'm not a journalist. I'm a teacher. So um, I just wrote to letters to the editor to my local paper, but I submitted a 700-word piece. <laughs> I just said, I don't know where to submit this. And thankfully, they printed it. But that was my start of my journey. And um, that first piece was picked up nationally by online outlets. And, and I remember getting so many outreaches from different groups nationwide who said, we never have heard of a teacher who speaks out. Thank you for speaking out. And, um, but I would also get some nasty emails now and then. How dare you? 
you know, speak out. So there's, there's, there's a lot of reason for teachers to be afraid. What about the education side of it? How much of the union's effort is going towards educating the children? And because we're not doing that great when it comes to education, our proficiency rates are not that high in math or English. Yeah. If I, if, if I had a union leader sitting in your seat right now, I think the question I would ask that person, if it's an honest person, I would say give an honest look to when the unions really took hold of our schools. And that you will see that all of our um, um, scores and proficiency started to drop. We were doing great. And then the unions took over and they, they, you know, they got their stronghold in the educational system. And we've been dropping ever since. When was that? It was in the, well, when they, they got, got the collective bargaining right, was it? Well, they got their hold. They, 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 um, uh, the NEA was unionized in the, it was late 1800s. They were started in 1857. And then shortly after they were unionized. Um, but the, the real stronghold took hold in the 1960s. That's where there was a, you know, yes, they got the right to collectively bargain and many other things. Um, our schools were, our schools were actually flipped on their head. Um, we used to have the Ten Commandments hanging in every classroom. We weren't teaching religion, we were teaching virtue. We were teaching our children, you shouldn't steal, Values, right you shouldn't wrong. lie, honor your parents, right? And they removed that and they removed prayer. Our every, teachers started every school day with a prayer. All of a sudden that was removed. Um, teachers were using scripture to teach children, again, not, not religion, but virtue. What's wrong with teaching a child, treat others the way you want to be treated? It's a good thing to teach, right? The golden rule. And so that's the kind of things our schools were teaching, and the unions are the ones who worked very hard to remove those things from our schools. They also <clears throat> completely upended our educational system, the quality of our education. So uh, when our founders, American founders, first started our schools, they were very much focused on a classical liberal arts education. And classical um, includes Socratic method. So you're having really you know, discussions and debate and really learning how to think. Uh, it included reading the classics. The classic works are loaded with virtue. You know, examples of people being courageous and having integrity. And this is what our children were reading in our public schools. Now I'll be real honest with you. Last time I was teaching, most of the stories were about dogs. Dogs are nice, but dogs don't teach you virtue and character and what's right and wrong. Um, we also had a, a huge focus on phonics. And children learn to read from phonics. And very intentionally, phonics was removed from our schools and it was replaced with whole language, Dick and Jane, that kind of stuff. And now all of a sudden we have all these kids with dyslexia, adults with dyslexia too, and people who can't read. And there's a lot of evidence if you read the honest work of people who have studied uh, what happens with phonics and what happens when you remove it, you can see that dyslexia was all of a sudden, we have all this dyslexia the minute we removed the phonics. Phonics is tried and true. Um, we had accurate history. We had astronomy. I mean, our students knew more by the eighth grade than they do at, once they graduate from college now. We, are, we were very well educated. Why? Our founders told us the only way to keep a free republic is with a well-educated, moral, 
citizenry that can self-govern. Those three things are key to a free republic. So um, whether these folks came in to undermine our free republic on purpose or they were manipulated to do it, I don't know. But they very intentionally came in and removed the great education, the morals. And now you see a lot of people are having trouble self-governing. You mentioned that the, the unions have gotten into politics. And what is wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with getting involved? A lot of people get involved in politics. Hmm. I think most union members out there would say, hey, we're glad our union's standing up for us. We don't want people railroading over us. We want a voice, right? Well, the problem with the government unions, particularly the teachers union, is they're not representative of the voice of the people they say they're that they're lobbying for. So um, when, when the teacher union uh, goes and lobbies for, um, you know, unlimited genders for children, and the majority of teachers are against that, they're not speaking for teachers. So in other words, the people who are paying the unions to do the lobbying aren't getting what they paid for. They're not getting a return on their investment. In fact, they're being undermined. Um, the teaching profession used to be so very respected, and for good reason. Most teachers were really good, honest people, hardworking people, and um, now we're not. What happened? Well, we were misrepresented. So if I were sent to go lobby for teachers, I would be lobbying for almost the exact opposite of everything that the union's currently lobbying for. In the time between 2017 and 2020, the CTA made contributions to 55 of the 79 assembly members. That's about 70%. And 23 out of the 39 senators. That's about 60%. Now, some people may argue that maybe teachers are staying quiet because they, they are lobbying and they're giving some raises to the teachers in the process. So there's some financial benefit from the unions because they're doing that at the same time that they are lobbying for all other causes that teachers may not agree. Is What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts on that are is that many teachers do trust the unions because of the fact that they're getting them raises and a pension and all of that. And a lot of teachers don't realize the political agenda that's also going on um, it, because the unions aren't really forthright about it. They don't come up, they didn't tell the teachers that they were pushing for all of these things. Teachers are busy people and they don't have time to go digging into what the unions pushing and funding and all that. So there are some teachers who trust them for that reason. They'll say, hey, they got me a raise. Hey, they got me a pension. Um, what those teachers don't realize, though, is the unions often promise a lot of things they can't deliver. For instance, the pensions. Our pension funds are in big trouble. Um, they're yeah, we've covered that underfunded. On the show. We have a yeah. really big so, so you know. Um, so teachers are unaware that their pensions could be in trouble in the future, they don't know that. So Now, if you were to give advice for these union leaders, for the unions to go back to having more members, not losing members, yeah. and what, what should they do? They should focus on doing what's right. True, don't just say you're putting the children and the teachers first, really do it. Don't use teachers to fund an agenda you want to promote. Promote what the teachers need, support them. Uh, I would tell them, go back to what our founders did. They created the greatest country on earth. They Look at the prosperity we have here. Look at the how safe it was here before all these problems started. 
Let's get back to that. I would say if, if you want to remain in, in charge of education, do what's right. Go back, go back to classical liberal arts. Put the Ten Commandments back on the wall. Let the teachers pray again. Let the children learn morals and integrity and honesty. Quit telling them to lie to their parents. They should honor their parents. And if we could bring all of that back, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a fraction of the problems we have today in our schools or in our culture. And um, I don't know about you, but I want to live in that society. I want to get back to that. Uh, we, you know, we wouldn't even need as many police officers or as much you know, people keeping an eye on crime if everyone was be learning to be honorable and moral and to, and to you know, tell the truth. And that's what I would say. If you're a union leader out there and, um, and you really do care about the kids, you really want what's right, get back to what we used to do. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience? Gosh, I would just say, um, don't give up the fight. Finally, people are awakened to the fact that, you know, there's some struggles in our schools. Don't go back to sleep. Stay involved. You know, go to school board meetings. Run for school board. Um, I would also tell parents, there's a lot of parents out there who think that they can't teach their own children. They've been told they're not smart enough. Hogwash. You're smart enough. If you want to educate your own child, educate your own child. There's so many options for parents out there. If your school keeps closing down or putting a mask on your child, pull your child out, teach your child yourself. Um, and I would just say it's parents who are the first educators of their children. And good, honest, professional teachers stand together with parents. So let's get back to that. Let's stop the division and the accusations and let's just get back together, educate our kids again. Rebecca Friedrichs, founder for Kids and Country. It was great to have you on California Insider. It's been wonderful. Thank you.